Welcome to Sex, Psychics and Psychedelics, Discovering Inner Liberation. My name is Banana Jane Garnett. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, a lover of freedom and a relentless explorer of the mind. Please come join me on my journey in hot pursuit of inner illumination and liberation. For more about me, you can find me at The Banana Jane on Instagram. Now let's dive in. It's my great pleasure to share with you my conversation with Julie Hunter. We went all over the map from the politicians who are seeking her help to the spiritual function of COVID to how to find a psychic that's right for you along with dealing with uncertainty in general. Julie is a very wise and powerful woman who is completely unique and it is just a delight to share her with you. Hello, darling. How are you? Hello, hello. It's it's a fucking comedy show right now. I'm just like slipping on wires and I've turned my closet into this tiny little recording thing and it's just a joke. But oh, I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. And yes. I, I'm getting a little sneak into your house. Actually, let me put you, pin you so I can see the whole thing. But oh, yes. Like- and we had to switch venues from my office to my home yeah. because I had a ceiling cave in in the office yesterday morning and I'm like, oh, you're kidding no, that's me. That's not going to work. It- so. <laughs> It caved in. Yes, we had a, I guess there was some kind of plumbing leak. And then there was this, this little crack. And I told the manager, this is a little crack, you know, and he's like, oh, it should be fine. Boom. And then he's like, I'm getting a plumber. So yeah, yeah. You don't want to be hanging out in the middle of all of that. Just that sounds like the kind of thing that's just happening. Well, like globally at the moment, doesn't it? It is. It is. Yes. Not to start on on a heavy note, but you know, I'm just. Well, no, but but it's really true. It, it's I, you know, somewhere I think our idea is to find find our way to just say this is all right. Mm-hmm. You know, to be okay with obstacles, to be okay with things that are different, things that are taking us out of our normal path, and somewhere that actually seems to be when I when I connect with the guides and I ask for the people in front of me about what is there for us to know or for for this person in particular to know it's it's become resoundingly a, a theme that says be flexible be flexible become like water and then we'll actually be able to transmute ourselves like water you know we can have the solid part of water the you know as in ice or the fluid part or the vapor part and they're saying be flexible with all of these things and kind of we as a race can come up and and be that part that is ethereal and physical at the same time so that seems to be sort of the challenge and even things like having your ceiling fall in <laughs> is part of that that okay be flexible right right and and literally structures kind of rearranging themselves uh in front of our eyes yes it's funny because i noticed when i was writing to you about you know um, the kind of things we would be talking about i was in this kind of you know anxious get things done mindset and then mm-hmm. when in, then I signed up off something like, oh, let's have fun and see where the river takes us. And then yeah. I noticed my energy really shifting in that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm always better when I'm in flow and in the idea of fun and in the, and welcoming the idea of not knowing instead of controlling. Right, right, right. It's that not knowing part. It's sort of, if you've gone where, you know, you've been there before it's go where you don't know so that you can go find something new. Yeah. And discover that which is new there. So, yes. And I'm just seeing that everywhere. 
It's, mm. it's just everywhere. And even in the, you know, with the political scene, it's like we think we knew what America stood for. And interestingly, with a couple of my um, clients who are in politics, they have been challenged by this whole dynamic and seriously challenged where, and I, and I have clients on both sides of the aisle. I have Mm. some very Republican politicians as well as very, you know, politicians who are Democrats and they both from both sides are saying the same thing. We, I've had to go in and truly find what do I believe? They're saying that they're saying they have to go more deeply inside. Is that Absolutely. Yes, yes. And to see where do we stand? Who am I? And what's been fabulous is it is with, you know, it sounds quirky, but as I am a psychic, that's my job to go with the quirkiness is it's with the guidance of those who have gone before. And one very specific instance, Abraham Lincoln came through to one of my Republican clients and said, here, this is where we need to go. This is where we need to be. You need to, you need to shift. What was, what was the, this, if you don't mind me asking, what was the, this in this case? Like, this is where we need to go. uh, Well, actually, specifically, it was with the notion of um, very recently what came up with the demonstrations, the, the Trump demonstrations and the notion that is, you know, as a people, it is our job sometimes to demonstrate, you know, it's almost our our responsibility Mm -hmm. as um, citizens to say, here, I have a voice and I would like it to be heard. So that's important. But at the same time, it is important to know that there's a line, there's, there's justice, there's appropriateness, there is correctness, there's, there's the notion of what is true in this. And to adhere to that and to say, if you think you've been, um, as an example, in his case, he was pro-Trump, 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 pro-Trump. And then he's like, but we lost the election. And he had to make a turn to we lost. Mm. And I'm going with that. And that that that's where his call was to go was we lost Mm. the election. Mm -hmm. Now, what do I do? And what he had to do was stand for truth, mm-hmm. stand for what the United States was built upon and say, here, this is what I hold to be true. Mm-hmm. And we lost and I'm going with that and standing on that side. And it was one of the most courageous things I've seen someone do is to take their belief, which was so steadfast and say, yes, but can I go along with the violence and along with the coup and along with, and as a lawmaker, he said, no. I, I can't. And it was, it was amazing. And that was that flexibility. That was, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what he thought, but he went with it. And it was, it was, oh my gosh, amazing. Amazing. And Abraham Lincoln was right there. So it was that really fun part. It was like, oh my gosh, wow. And what was so wonderful was he said is, you know, I didn't want necessarily everything that happened to me in my life either but here he went and he's one of our greatest leaders and so it was very really amazing to know that inspiration comes from beyond and really helps us make a choice and those choices make a difference yeah I'd love to know a little bit more about you. I only know you as this incredible Ooh. magical creature who I've received blessings from yes well, I don't know that I'm an incredible magical creature, but that is lovely. <laughs> That's a wonderful thought. 
but I will just tell you a little bit about me. I was born in Philadelphia, but I only stayed there for a year. And all I remember from Philadelphia is we had green carpet. And that, that's the extent of my knowledge about my, my first year of life. But um, so I was raised here in Los Angeles and I went to school here and went to college here and never moved away from Los Angeles. So I'm, I'm an Angelino. This is this is it. But I started having I started meditating. And the reason that I meditated was because in my early 20s, early to mid 20s, I had a part in me that said, truly most profoundly i want to know who i am mm. and i want to know who god is and i really want to know and it wasn't one of these casual questions it was deep from the core and the answer began to bubble up and i have to say it was one of the most painful experiences of my life i felt like a meat cleaver came through and just filleted me and i'm like it was a year of being absolutely raw because it was the understanding of, okay, you really wanted to know, well, here. And here was, you have to let go of who you think you are. You have to let go of preconceptions and allow that you're something else. I want to know a little bit more about the context. Were you, well, first of all, did you have a religious background or any kind of spiritual background? Yes, I was raised Catholic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then and yeah. happily, there was no conflict with, you know, people saying, oh, being a psychic was wrong or anything of that nature. I didn't have any of that. I just found that I found that in my religion, it wasn't for me holding enough. Like, like I had to reach beyond. Yeah. Yeah. What I was taught. So so were you going through a challenging time and then you couldn't get your needs met by existing religion or how what was the context of that very serious question that you asked? I was truly in my early 20s and I didn't want to. It's like you you, you start choosing who, am you know, do I move out? I, I stayed at home for my college years. So do I move out of the house? Do I if so, how do I live by whose rules? But, you know, prior to that point, and it was very late, I was kind of late in that, but, you know, it was sort of my house rules. I lived by them. I really wasn't in conflict with those, but it was, it was that, that was like the notion of, okay, if I'm going to take on my life, well, how do I do this? You know, even to the, the stupidity of, do I drink milk or do I not? Am I, you know, I mean, just, just these unusual questions. We're all dealing with go, that in Los Angeles. Do I eat milk? Do I eat bread, etc. Yes, <laughs> it sounds crazy. I was just thinking though, like if I'm going to live this life, I want to live it. I actually, and I wasn't suicidal thinking I wasn't going to live, but I'm like, as I'm taking the launch, I want to launch on a path that was the highest. And so I said, God, look, that's it. You, you have to help me here. And I'm steadfast and I'm, I, I need your help. And I want to know these things. And I had the audacity to ask, I guess. So I got the answer. And that's when the sort of the meat cleaver experience happened. Yes. Yes. So the split yes. between inside and outside who you thought Absolutely. you were. And yeah. Yes. 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 Totally. That split happened. And I was very open, very raw. And then it began to fill in. And then in truth, at one point, I started meditating. And what actually happened was this light came. And like, like I felt something open. 
a light came and settled in my heart center and said, here, this is yours and it will never be taken from you. And I was, I felt whole. Wow. And from there, I have operated ever since. Did you know at the time you were being given your life path? I would say, yes, I I was given my life path Mm. at that point. I, I didn't call it psychic. I didn't know, but I knew that whatever it was, it was going to come from the heart and going Mm. to come from the side of us that is divine. I'm obsessed with light and I'd just love to know a bit more about it. Like what color was it? How did it feel? Oh, it was this, it was, I would say white, but it wasn't a pure white. It actually had some kind of fire to it. It was orangey, red, white, yellow, orange, red, all of those colors. Mm. And um, I would say that it felt like a flame. That was the imaging that I kind of got from it was it felt like a flame. From there, sequentially, or, you know, it just actually coincidentally, it was people said, you know, hmm, what do you think about this or this? Or, Or could you ask, I know you meditate, could you ask in your meditation something for me? And I'm like, Sure, I'll ask for you. Mm. And 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 I is I would no intention of being psychic or having that be my career at all. But it it was just people would come and ask, and then they say, "Well, can my mom call you and and have you do that thing for her as well?" Uh-huh. Like, okay, <laughs> so then I wound up. That's how it all began, and I wound up finding that oh, at the time I was having a whole different working path, and I thought, "What was that?" Hmm. I'm really curious. Well, I staffed a medical facility, mm-hmm. so I was a, I, I was a, a, a human resource person, and this was and I would go home and work, you know, mm-hmm. and, and give readings yeah. and and do this, you know, on the weekends. And I thought, wait, this there's a time for a shift here, so I made that shift. I had assumed that your background was in Hollywood because coming to see you feels like this very, well, you're in Hollywood, first of all, but it's also this oh. very kind of beautifully um, curated theatrical experience. So I, I thought maybe love, she was an actress. I don't know. Well, I did. I did major in drama in, uh-huh. in college. So okay. I absolutely okay. did. Yes. Yeah. So that was my, that, and I did pursue acting for a while. Mm-hmm. But it was never the thing that said, this is my passion. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't. I just thought, well, this is what I'm doing. This is, you know, and I think it is sort of you're here, you're in Hollywood. That's what you do. But it wasn't my passion. And I knew that. So happily I found or it found me being a psychic. Although I have to say I went a little kicking and screaming into this because I did think, I said, God, psychic, really, Mm. seriously, synonymous with the word freak. I mean, really, do you want me to put that on a resume or something when I'm applying for like a a loan, honestly? And the answer was yes. Like, okay. Uh, (laughs) uh uh So you start, you can, as much as you can read for other people, you can read for yourself. Maybe not as well, yeah, because there's still those stumbling blocks. Yeah, but yes, happily, that was sort of part of my agreement with coming over here was like, Yes, we're going to speak to you. And if I don't hear you, just scream. And they do. And so it, it works very nicely that way. I can only imagine. I, I know that from my readings with you in the past, different people have come online and some, yes. some I don't know and some are well-known figures. And it seems when you're taking your download, like there are quite a few 
invisible people in the room. I can see you taking dictation. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It gets filled with with energy and people. And then I get to double check. Like, is this right? Is this not? Let me ask again. And, you know, it's inter- it's just you we're human beings and we're showing up and asking questions and stumbling along the way. And hopefully we get it right. And happily from the guidance, it's like, Oh no, you fell here. Let's do that. And let's change. So, so, and, and I know with you, you speak to guides, you, you have that kind well, maybe that's putting words in your mouth, but I know you, you feel you, you, yeah, you have an experience. I don't understand my gift yet, which is one of the reasons I'm doing this is because to find out more, I know that, I mean, I'm technically a therapist. I'm not a traditional therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely an intuitive person. Psychics have told, yes. me, told me that I'm a bit psychic. I, I say I'm a little bit psychic. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Without question. Yes. But I don't know how to... You know, I don't really, I don't know how to operate the machinery. And I think I'm sort of assuming it's an organic process and these conversations are going to be helping parts of me wake up. You know, that's my, my selfish motivation and, and yeah. hoping to well, understand no. it. I mean, that's, that's exactly the best motivation one could possibly have, I think, is to wake up. And that notion of, I don't know what you just said, mm. but, you know, I don't know and I'm finding it. I think that's the best way to approach anything is I don't know yeah. and let's see yeah you know and just allow allow I like that you use that word because it's uh it's my favorite I'm not a mantra person but this word allow is really good for me whenever I say it, I'm like oh, oh I can breathe yeah. it's okay <laughs> you know? yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a wonderful thing and you know what I found with you know kind of allowing the voices to come through, allowing the information to come through. It's a big deal. And, you know, part of the big deal is to take that word doubt and rather than put it aside, which I found doesn't work so well with me. It's like, okay, if I keep battling doubt, nothing comes through. And if I say doubt, just come with me. Yeah. Just, all right, sit right next to me. We're going to doubt this, but I'm saying it anyway. And I'm putting doubt, right? It's like, sit with me and we're still saying it. And then it allows like, oh, well, something does come through and mm. you find you're right in that flow again. Do you see doubt as a, an entity, a figure, or are you just addressing? Sometimes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It, yeah, it's sort of, and I know that it isn't necessarily, but, but it does personify sometimes for me. And it is, I'm just like, okay, pack your bags. We're you know, we're, we're driving to, you know, we're taking a journey. We're going to go do this. And it's like, okay, I know we're on board, but just know I'm going to, you know, I'm here. I'm like, oh, I know you're here. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, exactly. It, it, it makes itself very clear, doesn't it? Yes. Um, yes. So I've been learning a bit about internal family systems. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's basically no. like every, the self is made up of different parts that are like a family. So it's internalized. So doubt would be a part, uh, you know, the confident part would have a part, the the, yes. the internal mother, the internal child. It, there can be as many, many characters as you like. It is an interesting way of working because it reframes self as a kind of collective. Yes. Self is, is it's sort of self is an internalized village. Um, yes. There isn't one entity that is existentially you. You are a right. collage of these different parts and 
or a piece of music that has different instruments playing and the goal is to yes. have these parts working in some kind of harmony or at least not at each other's throats all the time, you know, mm-hmm. so you can resolve mm-hmm. or maybe yeah, healthy families where you can have conflict and you can resolve it. So I, I wonder if you go with that notion that there isn't a kind of singular self. Absolutely. Yes. hundred percent. And when we really see that there are multiple expressions then we can go help the expression that we might have gotten something in, you know, that that's holdings an incorrect notion or at least a notion that could be updated. Right. Ah, yes. You know, when I take a look often in, um, in the readings, the guides will say, you know, there's a block here with this person, but the block isn't with the adult who's 57. It's really with the person who is four. And so they ask you to make yourself two different people to take the 57-year-old and go speak with the four-year-old who said, oh, no, I'm not supposed to do this. And then have the 57-year-old say, yes, but you weren't then, but here, welcome now. And it's really that merge of selves then to take the self that exists at four and to give them the knowledge that the self at 57 says, I know this, I can help you. And so, and I see that in this lifetime, as well as in former lifetimes, we, you know, it's, it, it's across time and it's across definitions of Julie or Jane, or it's, it's amazing. Right. So we're in this kind of constantly shifting interpersonal trans-dimensional landscape. We really are. Yes. As an example, in a relationship, when one person does their work and clears because they're related so intimately with their partner, suddenly their partner has like, oh, I'm just behaving very differently. Not because they did their work exactly, but Mm. because the work is being done and we are interconnected and they're the beneficiary of that. Right. So it, is this a kind of a top plate approach? You just deal with whatever part is coming up at the time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Instead of trying to fix the whole thing. I mean, I think as a I don't know if this is the same for you as a psychic as for me as a therapist, but people appear to me with their stories about the past and why they're in pain today. And it's an interesting sort of balancing act because there are these parts from the past that need to be addressed. But also there's, I certainly find in me a really strong urge to help people kind of update and see that yes. they're not victims and that they can, that they've got an unwritten slate in front of them. Oh, how fantastic. Yes. Yes. But it's not easy. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Right. And it takes a lot of inner work. You mm-hmm. know, it takes, it takes a lot of awareness to say, oh, right. I'm carrying something. Let me let that go. That doesn't apply. And, and it, it's kind of a constant if we can you know, if we can remind ourselves that we're writing anew. Right, right, exactly. And writing anew all the time. And, and I think that yes. might be a crazy and overwhelming idea, but I find attachment kicks in just wherever. It's like white on rice, you know. So you'll think, I'm letting go of an old storyline. Great. And then a new one kicks in, which is, oh, I'm doing so well and I'm progressing in this way that I get to feel good about. And then that way that you were progressing that you got to feel good about slips away from you, the ceiling caves in, something else happens. Right. And then you're right. like, now what does this mean? And then it's easy to 
create another story like, oh, I'm back to square one. I never do this and I never advance and I never. So it's sort of, I feel like this unlearning process. I, I think it is an unlearning half the time. Yes. Okay. So I, in terms of guides, did they always show up for you, different figures at different times? Very often, I don't get the figures or the names or the like Abraham Lincoln or that type of thing. Um, I get sort of a voice that speaks with um, as a collective. Uh. And I can hear uh, the undertones of whispers of we're all talking, we're all just and then it like comes forward with here. Here we're, you know, so it's like there's one spokesperson that gives the uh, here, uh-huh. here's the answer. And it's really more here's the decision. It, it, but occasionally then they do individuate and say, by the way, here's my name or here's who I am. And that's usually when there's the invitation to have a one on one dialogue then to say, oh, here, but let's be more friendly. Let's mm-hmm. I, I recognize you as the person named Jane. Mm-hmm. And so this being named Adam is going to speak with you now. And we're going to be friends on a personal note, as opposed to sort of, can I get the information? Yes, you can get the information. And here goes. And it's always done with love. But it's when they individuate out, it's because I want to have a dialogue and I want to have a a friendship and a, a camaraderie. Uh, I think I understand. So, so there'll be a kind of a group, group consciousness or voice, and then one will step forwards as the one yes. who's going to relate to you. And how do you yes. know to trust? Are you already in a state of complete trust? Have you already barricaded the yes. shit out? How does so, that work? <laughs> yeah. No. So absolutely. I, I, my rules um, <laughs> when I said, yes, I'm going to do this. And I say my rules was because they said, We'll set up what's comfortable. I said, okay, I'm going to connect and I'm going to connect with the person's highest self and the divine and the guidance around them. And so I I make that connection. And when I make that connection, then what I get is what I uh, deliver, basically, that that's what I give. And I my job is to do this without the word doubt saying, oh, no, that's just so wrong. Just no. So Mm -hmm. that's my job is to say in that space, this is this is whole. This is the highest and the best for that person. I see. Then I disconnect and let go and then pass that. It may be, you know, whatever information I hear is maybe my head, maybe something else. And so it, it, it very, you know, I I make the connection time, the time where that is something that is real mm-hmm. and that I can count on. I, and then uh, past that, it moves to, you know, normal everyday clothes. Okay. So you're, you're not lying in bed getting visited by spirits. No. And that was one of my things in the beginning. I'm like, okay, now that we're on this page, you're not allowed to show up at the foot of my bed at night glowing and saying, by the way, Julie, how about this? Just don't do that. That's going to freak me out. Cool, though, it may be. It will also freak me out. So we're not going to do that. And so one night there was a hand that came through the wall and it was just a hand. This was in the early beginnings of my becoming um, sort of more aware And that was what triggered me, actually, because the hand came through and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And I knew it was an invitation. And I said, "Okay, I'm going. But then after the hand came, I said, hand is good, but whole body, any kind, 
no, that was when I had to put up the new. Was the hand a lifelike hand or was it more like a symbolic hand? It was a symbol, but it was a very clear, like I sat up, I'm touching my face, my eyes are open and there is a very large kind of ethereal hand. Was it the palm? It was like, like an, like an offering, like a, yes, like an offering. And so, yes, that was it. Like here, take my hand. I'm like, I can do that, but don't show up in person. (laughs) Just, yes, yes. But it really was, it was that. It was all part of that. Okay, I'm here. If you'll accept this, mm, like, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yes, but on my terms. Yes, but I'm yes, a participant. Well, and happily, that was kind of what they said was, "We're not trying to freak you out." So, yeah. tell me what you know. Work with us. Yeah, and that was how how it progressed. Was work with us. Yeah, and that's why with some people that a, a voice will come through to them. And it's individuates and say, well, by the way, I'm your guide. It's here. Work with me. Tell me and tell me, you know, what your questions are, what your fears are, what you want. You know, so it's more personal and intimate sometimes when the guides step out mm. and make that introduction. I guess guides appear on different levels. I Certainly, I've sort of started to notice for me, it's animals appear in a kind of reoccurring, uh, like symbolic way. I'm yeah. like, oh, there's the Black Panther again. Okay. It's mm-hmm. almost like feeling mm-hmm. it like slinking along beside me. I'm like, wow. And then, you know, I'll scurry to the internet and like Google animal totems and I, I don't know what else to do with it really. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, sometimes I'll hear a voice, like a little like voice that will feel like it comes out of nowhere. So I feel like I get these little hints and gestures, but how is it for you? Is it auditory and visual and sensory or? It is mostly auditory for me. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's that's my dominant sense. Mm. Um, on the other hand, yes, I will also just get a feeling. Mm. So it, it's more sensory in terms of a feeling and auditory. I don't get visual so much except that the voice will describe what it looks like. So it's Uh, more for me in the notion of the voice saying, yes, it's a tall tree and it looks this way, you know, but I don't see it visually. I I hear it. So kind of like you're listening to a book on tape telling you that it conjures an image, but it isn't, it's in the head and it's not, it's not visual sight for me. That's so interesting because I was thinking of images that you've delivered in our readings before that have been so precise. And to think that that wasn't coming as a visual is really, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, no, they, they paint their <laughs> pictures for me with words. That's a lot, that's a lot of words going on there, Julie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. yes. Wow. Okay. So I want to make sure that we cover this because I think this is a, especially for people who uh, don't see psychics and might be afraid to see psychics. There's always that, mm-hmm. there's that fear of what if something bad comes up? And I've actually seen psychics before where they've predicted deaths and then they haven't happened. And I've spent this time worrying that someone I love yes. is going to die. And so w- what about that? What do you do with that sense of, I guess, foreboding when it appears or doesn't it appear for you? How do you handle that? The shadow side? Well, I dedicate the reading for the highest and the best. And that's the filter through which the information will come. What I, as I have learned through time is, yeah, all kinds of stuff can come through, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the highest and the best for us 
to hear or to know or to perceive, or it may exist in the realm of maybe rather than this is this is an actual. So there are times when the like as in perhaps the prediction of someone's passing Mm -hmm. that type of thing. Yeah. Then you prepare yourself for that. And even if it doesn't manifest, something needed to be gained in the preparation of this that said, oh, Uh I gained something that I needed that then makes a difference for me in the future somehow. I see. Usually the guides don't send you down that weird zigzag journey, but it, it, it has happened. But mostly the idea of dealing with the things that are foreboding is if we go in with the intent of it being for the highest and the best, then we take that. And usually what the guides say is, I'm giving this to you for a reason. Mm-hmm. I'm giving this to you so that you can learn this or so that you can help them do that. Or so usually it's, it's one or the other. It's either A, and by the way, you can avoid this by doing A, B, C, D, and E. Oh, so I don't have to do that. No, you don't. So often they'll give instructions to say, did you know there's a hole here? Now you can walk around it. Mm. So here's a way. Or if it's inevitable that you fall into it and they bring this up in a reading, then the deal is to know why. What is there for me to learn? What is there for me to know? What, what, what is there for me to know in advance so that I can navigate this better? Yeah, instead of my default position, which is like, oh shit, is this going to happen? Or did they get it wrong? Are they right and it's bad? Or is it wrong and they're bad? Or you know what I mean? It's like the, mm-hmm. the, the, two, the choice of two bad options. And yeah, I see that you're promoting more of an open response. And then that brings me to a, Bigger question, which is Mm -hmm. how malleable is the future? Absolutely malleable, which was exactly the next thing is that's kind of where they are. It's like, you know, it's not written. There are very few things that are absolutes. So they'll often tell you, did you know there's a hole here so that you can walk around Mm. it or so that you can fill it in? and say, oh, yes, I'm not going to do this, but somebody else might trip here. So it's really, it is malleable. It is for us to make. It's for us to live. And if it wasn't, then there's no reason for us to have this incarnation because it's been and done. But we are here, and we're here with that free will choice that says, use this, learn, grow, evolve, and and create. Mm. And that is what we do. So the role I think sometimes is to go and to see what are the possibilities and how might something happen? And if I'm looking for a solid, well, maybe that's not, or maybe what I need, you know, so tell me what's going to happen. And from the guide standpoint, their thought more is what would you like to happen and how do we help you get there? Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. I was on a psychic's website recently, a psychic that I know who I'm hoping to have Mm -hmm. on this show, who's great. And then there was one of those Mm pop-ups and I was in a bit of a shitty mood. So when I look back on this, you know, I think that factors in. And Uh there was this pop-up, this kind of cheesy pop-up of like, answer three questions and you'll get a free psychic reading. Oh, yes. Yes. I did it partly because I was happy for the distraction because I was in this shitty mood. And then Also, there was some curiosity because Mm -hmm. I'm researching this topic. And I thought, oh, who knows, right? So I went down a rabbit hole with this random guy who had some cheesy materials. And I thought, well, you know, don't judge him based on his materials. Maybe there's something good there. There's some reason I'm wanting to go down this rabbit hole. So I'll do it. 
And I got a reading back from him written. Let's just put it this way. It did not set me free. In fact, my spidey sense said, Mm -hmm. this guy is leveraging your fear. Ah, yes. I felt that he was saying, this is a really crucial time in your life. You know, with the right advisor, you could be really making major progress. But, ooh, there's some tricky energies in the house, you know. And I was like, "Ah, I'm not feeling great. My gut is saying no, you know. Right, right, right. And that is the the downside. And, and, you know, if someone is taking the energy more for them to try Mm -hmm. to hook you into something and it's not empowering you, that's not why you showed up. You're, you're showing up not for that person, but for yourself. Right. Right. So if you're really new to this game and you're trying to find a psychic, how would you even start? Well, first of all, I guess I would always ask for recommendations, but past that, you know, any, any of the red flags would be you know, you need to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't yeah. need yeah. to come back. Or in spite of what you are thinking and feeling, this is absolutely it. And unless they tell you why. So I guess that is it. For the, the new person looking, ask why. Ask this, you know, if you're asking a yes or no question, great. But then ask them to inform you why. What can I learn? What can I understand mm, from this? Mm-hmm. And if the if the person, even if, even the new novice person that says I'm going to psychic very first time, if you ask, what can I understand? That sets the whole thing on a different yes. track. Yes. If that answer isn't forthcoming, or you'll know from there. Yeah, you're helping me with something because my original. Uh, image of the psychic. And remember, my background is sort of English, kind of mm-hmm. academic, you know, ah, not yes. not juicy, fruity, spiritual, <laughs> which is totally my path. But um, <laughs> but that said, yeah, so the image of the psychic there and, and maybe more of the British image of the psychic is, you know, Mystic Meg looking in the tea leaves. And my yes. mom said that. She said, oh, we used to see psychics, but they would predict sudden violent deaths. And, you know, that there was this sort of really like sort of spooky. It's all about the prediction kind of quality. And as uh, my my psychic journey has evolved and grown, I've started to realize that the psychics that I love are healers. Yes. They're not just people making predictions. They're people who really want to help you on that soul level. They want you to grow and expand and be in love and be in love with your life and make the most yes. of it. This feels very yes. heart-based. Yes. I think you just you just said it. Oh my gosh. Yes. That feels so right. Yeah. I couldn't articulate this, but you just nailed that heart. Uh, yes. Yes. If they're coming from love, if they're coming from the heart, if they're talking about growth and and here's how you can be better. That is it. Yes. Yes. Coming from the heart. Mm, mm, Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Julie. It's been so wonderful to get to talk to you in this way. Oh, you too. Thank you so much. This has been just such a pleasure for me, Jane. Really, it's been absolutely lovely. All the best, beautiful energy to you. I was left marveling at Julie's strength and clarity. This is a woman I feel we can all learn from because she has been so 
completely bold in following her own path, which, as she admits, is completely out there. And yet at the same time, when you speak to Julie, you feel this fierce sense of groundedness. So in terms of this model of leaping into the unknown that we are all facing, I do feel that Julie is a very inspiring leader. Thank you for listening and join me for the next one.